We are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks, and welcome to another episode of the Geek Centric Podcast. My name is Justin, and today we're still riding that bong high. <laughs> With Parasite surpassing expectations at this year's Oscars, we thought it would be a perfect time to take a look at the work of director Bong and his road to winning that sweet, sweet Oscar gold. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly podcast covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me today are my lovely co-hosts, Mama's Little Angel, Nate. Aw, I really am. I really oh, am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... We have the Hellraiser, oh. Kevin Hudson. Woo! So, how are you guys doing? Good. Um, yeah, I'm, well, a little tired. I shoveled snow for the first time ever. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Yes, it's, 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 a, it it's a balmy, what, like minus 20 outside oh, with a wind geez. chill, I think? And so, when I got home, my, like, before we started recording this, like, the snow was like a gate. Like, it was, like, taller than I am. Like, it was so... Yeah, I just, I couldn't, I tried, and then my car was like, nope, and then I just, I had to, I yeah, had to shovel it out. Yeah, if you're trying to drive up a hill, that's not good. It doesn't work, right? A hill of <laughs> a hill snow? A hill of snow, yeah. No. Especially with your car? Yeah. No. Nah. Oh, that little so, guy, not, yeah. yeah. That but little tiny thing? I have, a, I have a little patio table on my back deck, and so I kind of use that to gauge how bad the snow has been, <laughs> and there was two feet of snow sitting on the top of that <laughs> table, and I thought, oh. Is that like your meter to like look outside? Yeah, I look outside. I should probably go shovel. I don't think I'm going to leave the yeah. house today. It's weird, though, because I work from home <laughs> well because my dad was like he's like you know you really got to shovel your driveway and i've been like it's been good so far mm. i haven't had to shovel it once he's like because i'm always shoveling it so i was like yeah <laughs> he's, like, he's like the guardian angel that just comes <laughs> yeah. in yeah like, i'm like whoa it's snowed I'm but like, my driveway like, is shoveled i'm like dad like uh, i always sends up shovel i don't know how he's like yeah okay yeah well so we are canadians running this podcast in some uh some cold cold weather um but guys we should get right into it because we got a lot to talk about mm. um let's start off with Whatcha? Yeah. Nate, what you been up to, bro? Oh, man. What you been up to? So before we got hit by uh, the snowpocalypse or whatever you <laughs> want to call it, um, I actually had a lovely experience. Uh, my first time ever, I went to the Cinesphere in Ontario Place. Have you guys ever been to the Cinesphere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's like, for those who've never been... We're old, remember, Nate? <laughs> you, you constantly remind us. We've been right. there when... You, you were, were there when it opened in the <laughs> 70s, right? Yeah. Uh, I've no, been there when the rest of Ontario place was actually still open. <laughs> still yeah, open. exactly. No, I honestly, I had never, ever... I don't think I'd ever laid po eyes upon this place. Um, and to know, to hear that it was existing since the 70s was, was crazy. Um, but I went to go see my first Cinesphere movie. Uh, and I saw Interstellar uh, for the first time ever. Uh, in IMAX. And You've never seen Interstellar? I've never seen Interstellar. Oh, okay. oh wow. Right? right? And it was one of those Nolan films that I'm like, I love Nolan films and I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on, you know, Dark Knight and, and uh, Inception. But like, honestly, I think this movie might, might have topped both of those for me. 
Mm. I don't know. No, not for, not for me. Really? Not for you, me, well, no. it's because you guys aren't aren't cheesy and sentimental like I am. <laughs> That's probably. Oh, you like Murph. you like that? Yeah, dude. Murph. Oh, it's so good. Honestly, um, seeing it in that large format, what did you think? It was so cool. I mean, seventy millimeter. I I've got to see more IMAX movies. Gorgeous. The sound. There's a moment where somebody gets ripped out of a ship. If you've seen the movie, you know who I'm talking We've about, which was a huge surprise. I felt it in my body, like it, like. I, maybe I got to go just see more IMAX movies. I'm probably preaching to the choir. No, you here. really should. Like we were talking today, uh, that yeah. we have seen every Nolan film in, in IMAX, IMAX yeah. since probably Dark Knight. Yeah. Just uh, really quickly, I just wanted to mention, like we talked about our favorite movie theaters uh, experiences. I believe we talked about that on this podcast yep. before, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, this experience has probably gone. Up into my top three. So you should have come to uh, the Batman trilogy with us. You know, I really should have. Yeah. That would have been cool. It was wicked. Um, but like, I think the big thing for me, it was like, you know, going into this building, it's like a geodesic globe. Uh, it's almost like if uh, Mission Space had a baby. Like, it's like the, you know, the big ball at Epcot. Oh, it's a, Yeah, it's a mini Epcot ball. Right? Um, and I, so, I believe at one point it was the largest screen in the world. I think it might still be. I'm not sure. Nolan... I think it might still be the, the largest in Canada. Oh, maybe in Canada. Christopher Nolan came on the screen and was like, I'm so happy you're seeing my films. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that. But um, but no, so to see a movie in a building like this was like, it was a perfect marriage of experiences. Because like Interstellar is, it, it, it almost felt sure. like I was in a building that might have been in that movie. Sure. Um, and it's now in one of my top three movies um experience movie theater experiences ever because like it it expresses einstein's relativity relativity of time um and three hours of being engrossed in this movie felt like time travel i hate to be cheesy but i walked into that theater in bright daylight and i walked out to a beautiful sunset overlooking the toronto skyline it was just such a cool it was so cool dude and outside the theater there's like these cubes or rectangles that are an art installation i don't know if they're always there but it looked like the the it looked like tars from the movie it looked like the robots what else have you been up to because i know that's not the only thing that's not the only thing the other thing i wanted to talk about is uh have you guys started hunters it's al pacino um and uh you've got like josh radner in there honestly it's fantastic you have to watch this show. Uh, it's available on Amazon Prime, and nope. it's there. It's like their big show that they're promoting now. So you'll see it right on the front yeah, page. Yeah, Pacino's in it. Yeah, um, and he's. He's a ama- he's actually so good. Like I I mustn't really watch too many Al Pacino movies, but he's really good. Um, and as an old Jewish too guy, old for you. maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Everyone's too old for me. It's really brutal. It's terrifying. I remember um, I remember watching the trailer. Yeah. And you just get these vibes, and I'm like, man, this feels like a Jordan Peele movie. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's produced by Jordan Peele. Yeah, I'm like, okay, right? you know, that, that to me was sense. the big selling thing. Jordan Peele producing it. Oh, it's, it's so uh, good. It's all available, right? Online. Yeah, they, they, I, but you, it's hard to binge because they honestly, first episode's like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a movie. It's, yeah. it's a full movie. And, and then wow. the, all the other episodes are like a solid hour, not 40 minutes. So yeah, that's not, that's not very it's bingy. Not bingy. Bingeable. So I think I've watched like two and a half episodes so far. Okay. Kevin, what you been up to? Uh, it's been kind of tame. Uh, obviously, we had a watch club to prepare for, so I did my best for that. Mm. Uh, but other than that, uh, I got caught up to the most recent episode of Avenue 5. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's coming together. Yeah? I feel like it's coming together. Oh, good. I'm really starting to, to like uh, some of the characters and their sort of quirky Quirkiness. traits and stuff. Okay. Um, so Maybe it's like The Office, because I know for some people, The Office didn't catch them right away, like oh, it rubbed God. them the it, wrong it, way. It took a season and a half or for so the for it to you, right? really get going. So maybe it's maybe it's like that. Like maybe we, I don't think it'll be as strong as The Office, but maybe we'll we'll catch that bug. Yeah, I know. I mean, it always takes a show a couple episodes, I think, 
for you to go, oh, that's who this character is, and then being able to see them in different scenarios always. Yeah. So there was, there's, you know, uh, just things just keep going wrong for these people. The show's a really neat blend of dark comedy. It's almost bordering on horror, the things they're dealing yeah, with and yeah. going Same through, and the music week. especially. Like, yeah. it just something will happen, and you're laughing at their misery, yeah. and then the music comes in over the credits, and it's this, like, awful, scary music, and it's just like, ooh. That's... But they're all so goofy that, like, yeah, you can't Yeah, that it's, you know, it it's, so it's got a really unique sort of tone to it. So I'm enjoying that. Um, what else? I watched uh, Zombieland 2. Why? What do you think? Uh, Sarah really. Sarah's a zombie. Nah, we'll watch anything with zombies. And, and Woody Harrelson's. If it? you're in the no, mood I mean, for a like, zombie and movie, I like yeah. Zombie Land, but yeah. I liked it eight years ago when it came out. <laughs> yeah. So you know that always too sucks too when late. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What happened with that? Was that like? Uh, do we know the story behind that? I like, just think it, they didn't have a script, and then they went, "Hey, um, you know, I, I, I'm watching my weekly shows, Brooklyn Nine Nines, last season of Modern Family, that sort of thing, but nothing interesting." Finally, the last there. season of the Mod- a Modern Family. Yeah, it's probably about two years too late. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'm watching the greatest reality show ever. Oh, really? Ink Master, baby. I love Ink Master. Ink Master. Ink Master. Tattoos? Tattoos. Really? It's the only reality show where it's purely up to their skill. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Really talented artists doing tattoos. I mean, it comes down to judge discretion at the end. Yeah. It's not about drama and I mean obviously they amp that stuff up to make it more interesting. But it's still just a competition. That's what I I like that's my kind of reality T V is Ink Master and Top Chef. Yeah, those are my two. Top jams. Chef, Top Chef, and uh, even Project Runway. What have I been up to? I've I've been actually like to, to your Kevin's point. I, the only thing I really watch yet is our Watch Club. Um, yeah, just because that's what I had time for. But there's quite a bit to watch you in that. Yeah, there was. There's a lot to if watch. You can you. find it. Yeah, <laughs> which oh, yeah. we will get into yeah, in a little we'll bit. But um, other than that, yeah, working. We we just started. We finally have been making some some traction on our upcoming YouTube video because it is a it is a beast right now. Like yeah. we've, we've People keep saying, where have you been? You've been on hiatus too long. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we were busy in January with a little <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. But also, this is going to be our longest, yeah. most exciting and really? fun yeah, like, we're, we're, video we have, we have ever. Big, yeah, we have, we, we are hoping that it, it can really captivate in the sense of just an experience. So I'm just um, happy to hear that people are asking where we are. Lots of people. It's That's funny. awesome. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I'm it's glad. been great. It's been great. So um, other than that, yeah, I haven't been doing much. So I, you know what, guys? I think this is a perfect segue into the news. It's all about the details. For our first news story, Bob Iger steps down as CEO of Disney. Ooh. This article actually is coming from CNBC, a non-film resource but you know it's <laughs> listen it has to do with everything we love absolutely so disney announced on tuesday that ceo bob Iger will step down from his role and become executive chairman until 2021 effective immediately bob chapik who most recently served as chairman of the disney parks experience and products will assume the role of ceo Iger plans to focus on disney's creative strategy through the remainder of his tenure and as we all know Iger has basically beefed up disney's content library yeah. over his 15 years yeah his first acquisition was for $7.4 billion, and that was to acquire Pixar Animation. Really? He then went on yeah. to acquire Lucasfilm and Marvel Entertainment, both for about 4 to $5 billion, Jeez. and most recently, the acquisition of Fox for $71 billion. Oh, my god! So he has effectively grown Disney. So, guys, what do we think? Like, you know, well, he started Disney+. Plus. <clears throat> He's now stepping down. What do we think of what's going to happen with Disney? I think people are uh, overblowing it a bit. Yeah, because it's not like he's just like okay, bye, leaving right. this new guy 
yeah. in the dark. He's but, staying on for two years, both to work on creative things, but also to serve as a mentor, to yeah. help Chapik sort of work his way into the role for two years. Yeah. And it, let's not forget mm-hmm. that it's not like Chapek hasn't done anything. Right. He's worked for the company for 30 years. Mm-hmm. He apparently eats, sleeps, and breathes Disney. He knows the brand and what it means inside and out. And look at what he's done at the parks. I I've, mean, we just saw his magical work yeah. uh, between what he's done with Galaxy's Edge, Toy Story Land, all of the changes to Epcot. Like, this guy gets it. I I think it's time for him to move into the next step. And, and again, Iger did everything. So now he just needs to make you, sure you bring, it runs yeah. smoothly. You bring right? up a good point. Like, it, to, to maybe basically appoint him as CEO just might be the idea that, you know, for... For Bob Iger, he was like a counterpart to really bring these things to life. You know, yeah. all of these properties that he was able to acquire, you know, Bob Chappick was able to just take and say, well, let's turn it into a park experience. Sure, exactly, but does right? that, does Boom, that we mean... we got Pixar, Toy Story Land. Boom, we got Star Wars, Star and Wars Land. And we have Land. a, a Marvel Land you know, out. Yeah, Right, but does that mean places. that, does that mean they slow down on acquisitions? Like, is that part of it? Well, I think, I think they what can. What else can they acquire? Yeah. I'm just saying, where's my man Spider-Man? You know, Tom Holland wants him in the MCU. Uh, uh, okay, well, we but, want him in the MCU. Yeah, but how? Okay, they just paid seventy billion dollars for all of Fox's yeah. properties. And how much pay does Sony want? A hundred billion. Let's can, get it. They can, I'm <laughs> Let's so go. I'm so sick of this. Spider Man's cool and all, <laughs> but he's not worth ten times what no. the entire <laughs> Marvel universe and that's, is. And that's 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 uh, yeah. you're absolutely right, Kevin. I think that Sony would walk into that conversation and be like, "Okay, you want Spider Man? Yeah, billion. That's basically Lucasfilm and Marvel. Yeah. for the price of one property and all of his characters. Yeah. Right. Um, now my Sources are, you know, the vitriol that comes in the comment section of a Star Wars Celebration fan group on Facebook. Which should always uh, be trusted. You know. Yep. That's, that's <laughs> but no, but I, I mean, apparently there were rumors that Chappick was responsible for cutting back the amount of character funding and show funding for Galaxy's Edge. And one of our criticisms when we did the review that's was true. that we wanted more characters. We but wanted I, more of a stage and show. And I think we also agreed that it maybe was a wise decision to slowly roll those roll things that out, out, right? right? Yeah. That's, you don't want to oversaturate. That's what, yeah. Until it's been five years and nothing has changed, I am just waiting patiently. I mean, they're about to open up the most immersive hotel experience in the world yeah. in a year. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's actually a good time for him to uh, peace out. Bob Iger. I think it's actually perfect. I think it's the well, right he was time. supposed right he was supposed to in 2019. Yeah, no, and that made sense because he right. was, he wanted to see the launch of Disney Plus. Yeah. All everything he's been building towards has been to this, acquiring Fox, acquiring all those new that properties. That means that the Marvel universe has 15 more years of yes. A-list yep. comic book characters right. that they haven't even touched, touched yet. Yeah. And it's not like this, it's not like Iger was doing anything with it. No. That's Feige. No. That's yeah. in good hands. No, yeah, exactly. Star Wars looks like it's in good hands. If they go the right way and right. give it to Filoni and, and yeah. Favreau, poof, that's taken care of. Yeah. Like a, The one major criticism of this hire that I've seen is that he has no experience in media content and stuff. Right, right, just with parks and experiences that but, way. I mean, how hard is it to run Disney Plus? But also to have the intuition of... <laughs> it runs know. itself. No, but it like, runs yeah. itself. It, it runs yeah. itself. But I also think that it's also good to have good intuition and, and to say, you know, this feels right. We should do this, right? Um, okay, I think we should move on to the next news story. No. Oh, so we're moving on just like Bob Iger. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. From one Bob to another Bob. Yeah. Isn't that, you know, just bobbing around. Well, you know what, though? We're actually moving into another Disney story. Oh. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Screen Rant. Uh, Disney cuts kissing scene from Mulan uh, to appease Chinese audience. Yeah. No shocker. Right. Okay. So let, here's a little, here's a couple of little There's a billion details. people. If that's what's going to get the thing in theaters and make. You know, yeah. a half a billion dollars over there. I don't blame. Yeah. Them. So when Disney announced it was 
doing this remake of live action film, the company seemed very focused on creating a movie that would please the Chinese moviegoers. Uh, one of the first steps, obviously, was to ensure the cast was entirely Chinese. Yeah. They also dropped all the mystical dragon stuff with Mushu. Yeah, I don't think animated. there's going to be much comedy. No, in this no, version. it doesn't. It looks very serious. And and the other thing too is like the music, right? Like there's no musical numbers. There's no. There's not the traditional princess music that we've we've seen from the other live actions where they kind of are really live action realizations. Yeah. Is this is going to be a very Real authentic Real story, movie, yeah. which is the biggest criticism of what happened when the original came out in 1998. A lot of people were very unhappy in China with how the story, because this it was like it, it fantasized. Comes, yeah, well, it comes from their culture. It's, it's right. actually a myth. And, and it's a and, myth, though. Yeah, it, it is. But, but I think uh, myths are fantastic. Sure, but I think it. it I think in maybe it, in it was too westernized. Yes, yeah. and it was it was too, it was too uh, fluffy and and sell toys and yeah. and yeah. But that's. Now, Disney's job. So, like, how, how do we feel about this? Like, do, do, well, does this make sense? I guess, to, like, to kind of... out of any movie that you're going to, out of any Disney movie that you're going to want to appease Chinese audiences with and modify the movie to do so, I think it's fair to to, to say Mulan is that movie. I think it's 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 another story when when we're seeing it's it, it's just. Focus on making a movie that's great for the whole world. Right. If you're going to, I totally agree with right. you on that. I also think though that we we don't need to to um, westernize everything sure. that comes from another culture. And I, we're going to get into that later, right? Yeah, for sure. But yeah. imagine in 1998 they came out with this story, of yeah. Mulan, and it wasn't animated, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even by Disney. Yeah. Um, would it have performed as well? Right. right in 1998, would it have really? Well, I don't think Mulan even did that well. No, compared I, to. Lion King, Beauty and the yes, Beast, yeah. you know, the movies that sort of yeah. Aladdin, those three yeah. big 90s sure. cartoons, the, the, right. the weakest performing. performing yeah. But yeah. how do you think this is going to fare for Western audiences? Because I, I think like now that I'm thinking about it, I think about Chinese food. And so Chinese food in the States and in Canada is not Chinese food. Right. Like it really isn't. So in my mind, the, the 90s Mulan is that Chinese food. And this might be closer to actual Chinese food. So, like, I don't know if Americans really dig. So, or just food? <laughs> or just, yeah, <laughs> from China. Um, so, I just don't know if, you know, in a Western setting, how do we think this is going to, do you think this is going to do well? I don't well? think it's going to matter. Do you, you know? need to kiss to make to No, but that's what I mean. Love? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. But I think that's, I think it's, it's kind of cool, like... Um, that you mentioned like authenticity right and so to be able to open people's eyes to that culture more at this time great well that's the news guys i think it's time to get into uh some trailer time it's trailer time all right our first trailer it's an hbo film called bad education coming out in 2020 directed by Corey finley and based on a true story a student reporter starts to trace embezzlement at the roseland school district Hmm. in long island after an assistant superintendent makes a crucial mistake that hints at corruption that spans over a decade hugh jackman's in it uh i believe ray romano's in it as well uh there was someone else too allison janney Janney. that's who i that's who i'm interested she's She's so awesome yeah Yeah. she's fantastic uh this looks really really good it looks uh i'm I'm actually is allison the only academy award winner that's in the show yes i think so right yeah because it said academy award nominee for jackman jackman and and then golden globe emmy i think it was uh, emmy for uh ray raymond cool um yeah honestly i guess so the the new thing is just to what go to HBO now if you're just if you're a celebrity well, you but, don't you know well I think that's also just it there's there's more of a desire for content right um, I thought it was a show I didn't realize it was a movie well yeah you kind of described it like we were only watching shows so when you said and we're watching this HBO thing called bad education I was like 
okay. Well, they do great. films. They and do then like yeah, they do. The films. trailer busted up. So I but I watched that trailer thinking it was a show. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Hugh Jackman's in it, um, I mean, listen, I, I don't like to listen to ever since, uh, I watched the trailer for frozen and they were like better than the lion King. I was like, Oh, I don't want to listen to those things that pop up anymore. But one of them that pops up is like, you know, his best acting in his career or something like that. So I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll see about that. I don't know. I thought, what is that like really high praise? for Hugh Jackman? Yeah. What is what is like really good acting for Hugh Jackman? I don't know. I thought Logan was incredible. Okay, he was good in Logan as Wolverine, right? Like, <laughs> ah, is all he did in. That I thought movie. he was hey, good. Joaquin, Joaquin was good as Joker. They gave him an Oscar True. for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's what's wrong with the bloody Oscars. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was. Uh, oh, he was excellent in Logan. That's about it. That would be like. Well, you know. I, it, no, dude, prisoners. prisoners He's phenomenal in okay, prisoners. I'm sure he was. I hated that yeah. movie. It's so long. Oh. <laughs> oh, so just long. are you still just watching it? Free the prisoners. <laughs> no, I mean, and then you know, I thought he was. I, I think he's just. I think he's a good actor when he's given a good role. No, and, this, and that's exactly it. And I think that this is going to be a role that isn't uh, a superhero or isn't a musical. Right. It seems really uh, normal. No, for him. A, it seems very. It, it like, looks like he's the bad guy. He is, is the cool. bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So he is. He is the person that is the superintendent. Uh, just like he was in the Greatest Showman. Yeah. Great. He, he was the bad guy in the Greatest Showman. <laughs> no. no, but he no. should have been. <laughs> what a joke that yeah, is. Oh, yeah. here's PT Barnum, the the wonderful <laughs> PT Barnum. I haven't watched that. Yeah. One. Let's talk about how great he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Music was really good in that, though. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Ray well, Romano. He's great, too. <laughs> well, I love to see Ray Romano in Ray other things, and I, I'm glad that... What is, who is that? Why are the Beatles I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to do, like, his, his brother, Ray, Raymond. Yeah, that's I don't it. know. Okay, anyways. Oh, Raymond, um, Raymond. Everybody loves him. After 10 years of a really successful sitcom, where you make $100 million or $50 million, you don't have to work. Yeah. And now he's picking and choosing projects. Yeah. And look at the last two he did, right? Mm. You know, avoid stinkers. You don't need to make, you know, garbage when you're loaded. Yeah. And I'm also wondering if, you know, when Scorsese comes knocking at your door, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, do that. Sure. So, sorry. You know, sorry, kids. I'm going away for a couple months. <laughs> no, that's a good. There you go. Right there's a good. Yeah. Raymond. Raymond. I'm, I've come back from the dead, Raymond. Yeah. So there's, oh, okay. there's no. How are you? There's no date slated for it. It just says 2020. Uh, so I look forward to seeing it on HBO. It's weird that so many people have seen it. Yeah, it's I mean, got a like, lot of. It's getting review bombed at this moment. Yeah. I think you know people are giving it one. The the they're saying the script's not accurate. Um, yeah, I want to give this movie a chance. I, the fact that it's it's so April twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Wow. So then, so it must have screened at like a yeah. festival. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. why. Oh, so we'll never see it from where we are. <laughs> well, no, but we'll see it. We'll see it on HBO when it hits. Oh, right? I guess it's like right. Netflix. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they screened it in the festival. Oh, Irishman okay. And it ended up on the on the stream. But we've platform. talked about how films that have been screened in limited release should always be available to stream right like yeah, that, there's a, that's a whole so hard to watch but that's yeah a whole which we already had in one of our previous episodes yeah. so go back and watch <laughs> or listen to that watch it yeah you know you should watch it with your ears <laughs> uh okay our next trailer another hbo but this one is a series oh, okay yeah. so an hbo series westworld season three uh, not much information uh, is given about what to anticipate for this season, but we have the return of Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright, Ed Harris, Tessa Thompson, and newcomer, newcomer Aaron Paul, Jesse which I'm very Pinkman. excited for. Oh. My really? question is, I oh, don't yeah. like that guy. 
Because he plays the same thing in every movie. This might be the one, prick. bro. That <laughs> he looks like a brooding jerk again. That's well, I think he's doing character. he's doing crimes with Cynthia Erivo, which I saw in that trailer. Yeah, is Cynthia Erivo in it? I, yeah. I noticed the the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah I think I, that was her. I'm pretty sure yeah. she's a little blurry, but I think that was her. Yeah. Honestly, this I'm so hyped for this show. Like, I love. It looks awesome. I, this you, season looks. Fantastic. Season one was amazing. Season two was a little bit of a dip down, but not by much. No, I don't think it was a dip. Down. What happened in season two? What was the last thing to happen? Can you even remember? Because it was so bloody confusing. And that's long my, ago. That's my one thing that I'm like not... Ex- yeah, but I, I could go a year and a half without Game of Thrones and know the last scene. Yeah. Like what happened in that season. I have no idea what happened last I season. I still remember the last there was scene a, There was a tiger four. and some samurai stuff. And, you know, like... Yeah. There were lots of great elements. Well, they, but got, they, they got past that pretty quick. It went really confusing in like 18 timelines. I think, they, I, and, I, I, I think the problem with season like two... Like I'm going to need to rewatch season two and then watch breakdown videos, I think, going into just season going three into, just yeah. so I know what the yeah, heck is yeah. going on. I, yeah. I think the, the thing that bothered me about season two is, is, to your point, it just felt a little rushed. Um, I think that... Is this the final season? Like, I mean, if this, it's not, it should be. They, no, but that, they, and that's they, what I feel like they're... One, I'd be okay with there that. There was one line of text during that trailer... Um, or maybe one thing that um, Evan Rachel Wood said yeah. that almost suggested. Yeah. And then I the thought end. maybe it'll say the final season. It never right. did, but there yeah. was, she, she had one line of dialogue. I wish I had written it down or remembered it, but that and then I went, oh, I wonder if this is how they're going to wrap it up. Right. Well, they're kind she of said, treating like, it's it. It's time for things to end. Yeah. Or and it's like, yeah. And like, it's all of us against them or yeah, something. Like where right? do you go after you got, there's uh, a winner? You yeah. Know? You got Ed Harris, like Man in Black saying, like, See, I um, I've got to save the world or whatever. I thought he was dead. I think it's, or she said the end of the game. I think that's what you were talking about, right? Because she's talking to the man in black. I think it's so. I just think it's so cool how they have the ability to now bring this into the real world, and it's instead of a nether, instead of a nether land, right? But but they did do that in number two, right? But it was still it was still the theme park. No, no, no. Um, no, she left. She, Samurai she, World? Oh, she when left, she left. When she was, yeah, she, she had left the flashback already. sequences yeah. True. where she was outside with Jeffrey Wright in the uh, in his apartment and, yeah. and, and whatnot. I, I do remember that. Yeah, scene. so it almost should have all just been in but the park she, until this but season think, if they were going to make, mm. you know. I think that was like the flashback sequence of before she got into the park. Right. Spoilers, um, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> Whatever. But a- anyways, uh, this season definitely like looks like what season two was meant to do is to really build up to this idea that A... Dolores is a badass, and yeah. she's she's coming for whoever and then, engineered her. And, and then Maeve and is gonna, watching. Maeve is gonna hunt her down. Yeah. Like we got some Terminator dude. stuff. Oh, yeah. no, she's, that, am I am I getting like some Skynet vibes? Is it Skynet from Terminator? Yeah. The thing that, oh yeah. That machine that like uh, that's uh, observing everyone and basically controls all the robots. Like yeah. You know when she's like the thing that's watching us and it's like that. Orb well, that and has so red. who's behind that? Right. Well, I think I it think might. Well, it might be that technology. It would be maybe it's that one guy that we saw. I don't think he has a name yet. Oh, yeah, uh, the, that, the main villain yeah. guy, right? The wolf from Ocean's Twelve. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh is that who it is? <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a villain. I don't think he's going to be. No, a villain, he didn't no. look. He didn't look like he. He never plays a good guy. Well, anyone that wants he's to also dressed in all anyone parts. that wants to kill my sweet Dolores, I think is a bad guy. So no, I know, and I, I love that line. You know, we'll have to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, it's the old-fashioned way. I gotta kill everyone. Right? Like, it's <laughs> just like it looks. It looks. I can't wait to awesome. then see. Aaron Paul look at her and go, what have I got myself into? So, but I think that Aaron Paul's actually... Science, man. I think Science. Aaron, I think Aaron Paul's character is actually going to be the viewer in this one. You know how we talk cool. about... Like, oh, for sure. Like the, the, the character in the movie that... He's going to ask all the questions, what's yeah, going on. and like lead us through. And like, he's also going to be probably challenged morally yeah. so that we can kind of like connect with like, you know, what would we do in those sort of sure. situations? He doesn't but, seem like he's in a financial position with the job that he has or with the... No, with he looks the, like he's main, maintenance on robots. Right, and he's like p- performing crimes and stuff. And 
And so I don't think he's ever even thought about going to Westworld because you have to have quite a lot of money to go yeah, to but Westworld. Is that how you're reading it, though? Like, I'm reading it is that now we're outside of the world. He's yeah. someone that just works as like a robot maintenance person. Sure. And he probably somehow finds his interaction with Dolores, who he then discovers. Yeah. And he helps her. But do you think that becomes their sort of partnership throughout right. the rest of the season? Do you think he hates robots, though? Or do you think he likes them? No, he's not the Mandalorian. No. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, um, but, dude, this trailer, the way they use Sweet Child of Mine uh, by ACDC. You guys heard of that song? Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. It's Guns N' Roses, isn't it? <laughs> oh, see, oh, I, yeah. Oh, that's why I was giving him the eyes. God. I, like, I think he screwed, I screwed it up. It up. Yes. I screwed it up. Oh, I had this whole awesome. plan that I was going to pretend awesome. that I knew what that song was. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's the song from that's Step Brothers. That's a keeper. Um, yeah. I, you know, the other question I ask is, is will Anthony Hopkins make an appearance? Oh, he's got to, right? He's got to. See, it's Anthony just Hopkins. too confusing. When you're dead, you're dead. Go yeah. away. Yeah. I could see him I could see him coming back as like a another robot or something. I think it's a flashback. Or a flashback. I, I think sure. I think you know. Oh, like, good, another they flashback. Play, well, they, yeah, they, why not? But they, they play a lot with I that love flashbacks. Time. Have you seen the show Lost? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I, I know. And so oh, that's, that's like the first in a, in like in a little while, right? I first know. of season I was, two, I bringing itching. up Lost. I was itching. Um, I think, though, that uh, to your point, last season uh, was was a little rushed and, and, and it was just all over the map. But it, it definitely tried to play with some of those Lost vibes by using uh, Jeffrey Wright's character as like, you know, he was he was kind of broken, right? As a, yeah. as a robot. And he kept going back in and out of time because he had memories. Um, so it was interesting how he learned certain things from his past that helped the audience kind of like understand things. But. To your point, it's, it's confusing. I prefer my, st- I prefer my storytelling linear. I <laughs> think that's just a, a thing. Yeah. Tell that to Christopher Nolan. Oh. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, the whole <laughs> the whole next movie is going to be like, oh. I mean, it looks incredible. Don't it does look wrong. really good. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm, I'm Nate, cool with that. Nate, we'll take you to see it in IMAX. If there's anybody Please. who's not going to tell a story linearly, I don't know if that's a word, but I used Line- it. Yeah, Laura Linear. Uh, in a linear fashion, I'll let Nolan do it. But, oh, yeah. uh, All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll 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 see what happens. When we'll it let comes Kevin. Out. Wow, that's actually crazy how little information is yeah, on no. IMDb. Yeah, all, all I found was basically what it's about. Yeah. So, um, but you know what, guys? Uh, enough of all of this. I think it's time to get into the topic of the show. All right. So today, I thought it would be a great opportunity to introduce our first director spotlight, which I'm calling Hits from the Bong, a retrospective look at the work of Bong Joon-ho. Is it pronounced Bong Joon-ho or Bong Joon-ho? It's Bong Joon-ho. Uh, um. <laughs> so we've all been tasked to watch some of the work by director Bong. Yeah, and Academy Award winning director. Academy Award winning director. And as we all know, Parasite took home four Academy Awards, including awards. yeah, Best Director and of course, Best Picture. Hmm. Now, before we begin, disclaimer here, we will be talking about these films with spoilers. If you haven't seen these films, please press pause and return to the episode once you have. If you can find them. Well, yeah, yeah. if you can find if them. If you have which, to, you might need to import a copy from Korea. Which we'll get, which we, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I actually saw that I could, I could purchase one and have it shipped from China. <laughs> Jeez, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think we should just get right into it. So I'm going to, I have this full filmography yeah. based on what is on IMDb. There's a lot of films that he's been a part of, like short films and, and stuff like that. Let's focus on feature, feature length yep. films. So yeah. his first film was in 2000, uh, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Uh, 
Did you guys see this one? Didn't catch that one, no. no. Okay, cool. Um, I had the opportunity to watch it. I just got so busy I didn't get a chance to. I wish I really had watched it. It sounds like it's a very interesting... What's uh, it about? Frustrated with loud barking, an academic wages war against dogs in his apartment building. Oh, so like a really simple story like all of yeah, his movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very That's real cool. source story. Um, it's just so unusual, apparently. So I, I definitely want to give it a watch. Hmm. Um, that, was his, that was his debut film. And I will say... Again, not, I know some people don't care, but it's his lowest scoring movie on mm-hmm. Metacritic. Yeah. Oh wow! So clearly, just getting started, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, Kevin's going to keep the Metacritic score sure. coming. Uh, that's my jam. Um, yeah, so then that way we can kind of see uh, his next film in two thousand and three, uh, Memories of a Murder. But there's also another name for it. Do you know the other name? Uh, Salinui. Chioke? Is that the French name? No, that's. I think that's the <laughs> Korean I don't, name. I know that's yeah, a Korean, Korean name. Korean. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Salanui. It sounded very French. Yeah. So this was a problem because I, I did read that French, right? Yeah. Nate messaged me. He's like, "Yo, I found a copy of uh, Memories of Murder." Yeah, and a friend I'm got it to me it. somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and I was looking through, and I was like, I, I don't see that one on his list, but it was labeled differently. Um, this movie is is actually like a lot of people think of this as some of his like 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 really good films. It was really good um, in a small Korean province in the 1986 two dete- detectives struggle with the case of multiple young women being found raped and murdered by an unknown culprit. Mm. Uh, now, Nate, I believe you watched this, obviously. I did. Yes. So what what, what did you think of it? First things first, uh, movies from 2003 look a heck of a lot older than I remember. Well, maybe South Korean <laughs> Yeah, movies, pretend, right? right? Maybe, you yeah. Know, like what was foreign, film production, yeah, film production at a different, pro- at a different process. Um, watch, but, a Bollywood, watch a Bollywood movie, yeah. and then you'll know. You know, yeah. its budget was $2.8 million, so, yeah. so yeah. you know. That's, um, still shot on film. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think honestly, um, it's super good. Um, Hang Ho Song. I'm learning. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in, his muse. That's his thing. He, yeah, that's you his know, guy. That's, that's his, his like DiCaprio and right. De Niro for Scorsese. That's his Diane Keaton and Mia Farrow yeah. and Scarlett Johansson for Woody Woody Allen. Yeah, that's you know? his guy. I didn't know um, that. It's cool. He he does such a good job as Detective Park. Uh, he's Detective Park's character is sort of like a. A bumbling gets you know a ton of things wrong um you know doesn't really he's not as good as the other detective that's coming in from uh from soul who i can't remember the name of unfortunately but he's also he does a pretty good job as well um this is based off of a true story yeah um it's i think it won an an award for cinematography and uh and it's 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 really cool the way they um like you mentioned justin uh comedy mixed with horrible things that are going on and so you know um we were talking about avenue five earlier and laughing at horrible things that have been happening to these people Uh, it's kind of a little bit of what happens here so i was gonna that was gonna be my question for you i I was gonna say so this one clearly doesn't have any of his signature humor in it but it's got a little bit it's got a little bit but it's 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 and and i from what i've heard about this film yeah. from other people is that it's just placed in a very like uncomfortable way yes right? which which when i think western culture watches it it's like that's not funny well but then you kind of just see there's a specific of- character that they they treat horribly that you would think in any movie should be treated much better um and unfortunately it's this gentleman who's he's got you know autism and he's he's got uh, he's got like a big scar on his face and and so they just treat him horrifically and part of it part of the the i guess the humor it's not funny but you i guess you're you're just you're just laughing at the idea of like how could they possibly be doing this to this person um and also just how wrong they they keep getting the wrong people they keep interrogating the wrong people 
uh, so much. Uh, and it just starts to become sort of a thread throughout the movie. That's right. it's you know it starts to add a little bit of humor, but again, it's like a, it's an uncomfortable sort of what is going on. I think he does that really um, well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think the like overall the the message that I found with the film is again similar to tone for his other films where good things can happen to bad people and bad things can happen to good people. Um, and there's really never a, a, a happy ending with any of his films. I've noticed like there's, it's not a, it's not a full happy ending. It's, it's still, it's subverting. It's right. It it's still, yeah. it still um, resolves, but it, not in the way that you want It's not a want full it closure. To. It's yeah. an ambiguous closure, right? Like that's, yeah. that's a very tactical style of, of storytelling yeah. where it's, it doesn't need to be, you know, a nice little bow at the top of the box. It's kind of, you know, it's uncertain. It's yep. not fully wrapped, right? And it, it just this movie just shows as well, like how unprepared and how little resources they had in the wake of those murders in the eighties, right. like in Korea. Yeah. Um, like at one point, they have to rely on working with an American like DNA testing team, right. and it it just takes forever yeah. um, because obviously they're not taken seriously. Um, and also the I also fact think that it's the time though, it's right. nineteen eighty six. Sure, so. but also like they've it, at this point in time, that's not a normal occurrence to happen. You know, in well, Korea, because Korea probably has their own DNA because it is now. Vietnam. No, I mean, like murders like this are not common up until this point. Like oh, this I is see. the first right. time where they're really dealing with, with murders and rapes right. in, to this degree. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a small story with like an even smaller cast. But like I could not take my eyes off the screen the entire time. Um, they all performed perfectly in the roles that they were cast in. Um, and it, again, I noticed this is the same thing that happened to me with Parasite. The subtitles melted away pretty quickly. Um, so you suddenly understood Korean? That was it. <laughs> now I know Korean. No, I just, I honestly, it just, I did not, it didn't no, feel it, like if, I was reading anymore. If, 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 a, if a movie's done well, you, yeah. you forget you're reading. Yeah. And, and, and it just, you just read it and then watch the performance. Read it and watch them say, the, you know, like, yep. that's how I do it at least. Um, but dude, honestly, this movie's fantastic. If you, I would say this is the next movie to watch if you enjoyed Parasite. Oh, that's I've I've heard this is one of his. That's his like the next films. step. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, no, I'm just really annoyed that these films aren't available in a more easy in a, in a more accessible fashion. Sure. Yeah. So, and I understand why. Yeah. You know, but with the recognition he's gotten now, I hope they do become more readily available. Yeah. Because I will not stream movies. Mm. I don't stream music. I don't stream movie. I like. I don't watch or listen to content for free. Yeah. It's just against. I just well good never... good news they announced that the Criterion collection you know those guys that do those like yeah. really lovely Blu-rays oh yeah good so now I can buy it for forty five dollars sure no, you can get a super special edition put of it on Parasite. put it on of, one... and they're doing Memories of Murders well. oh, nice. sorry go ahead okay so Prowitzki will get it and I'll borrow it from him exactly there we go so I'll see it in a few years problem solved yep yeah no, no, no. but that that's gonna be my problem throughout most of this list yeah. Is that there were they're a few harder that to I, find? They're just so, so hard, hard to, to find, find, right? Yeah. The first one, barking. I dog, couldn't. Right? I couldn't find it. You know, the thing that stood out to me when I was reading, like just highlights of this film, yeah, was that uh, it's a testament to the homage of like crime films from the from the West. Oh yeah, um, he's very. He was very, film noir. Yeah, and it, he was very inspired by like the Fincher and the, and the Scorsese. You can so tell. He, he wanted to tell that aesthetic, so th- that's one of the reasons why I really want to watch. I want to see his take on that sort of especially like the Fincher style yeah. um, and also his ability to combine like narrative. You were kind of referencing it, but you know, the humor and, and the, the sort of elements of horror and, and all this, but combining those styles, like really honing in on this ability to combine 
uh, styles into this narrative that just worked. Yep. And and also the you know some of the various little political social sociological sort of uh, looks at at Korea in 1986. Yeah. Uh, that- uh, again, I haven't seen it, but I will uh, report that uh, it got a score of 82 on Metascore. Oh. So that's quite the jump to go from a 65. Yeah. Up to an 82. You know, I think I think people went, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, with this, with this, movie. that really brought them into into mm-hmm. people's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, it's it's you gotta it's it's great. It's cool. a really great movie, and I think it's actually, I would say it's probably his second best in my in from what I've watched. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'm definitely gonna check that one out. Um, all right, 2006, The Host. Ooh. A monster emerges from Seoul's Han River, and begins attacking people. One victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches. So that's the brief synopsis from IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, super simple. It, it's yeah, super right. Like it, it's 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 extreme. It's big. It's monster. Yeah. but it's simple. So I'm I'm also gonna kind of like I, I compared like uh, memoirs of a murderer to a Fincher style film, which uh, a lot of people have done. But um, I think the host is kind of like also like a bit of a Spielberg. Okay. Right? But like a Korean Spielberg film. Sure, yeah. Right? Where it's, it's got like, like a family. Movie. Yeah, it has the family yeah. appreciation. Kids. Like the, the things that kind of stu- stood out to me, um, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a rescue mission slash family adventure. Yeah. Um, you know, to rescue this little girl from the clutches of this monster. Yeah. Um, and you kind of see, you can also see her and, um, you know, again, I think we already covered that there'll be spoilers, but at some point there's, did you watch the host? I didn't watch it for this. Okay. I've seen bits and pieces sure. of it. I know it's not for me. Okay. But it looks funny enough. At one point in time there's like another little kid that's there and like you can see the the two of them interacting to, you know, with the monster again in an extremely dreadful and horrifying situation. Yeah. But still little kids. I, I, I it's really funny because when you're watching the movie, like the CGI is a bit rough. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's got instead of smartphones, they all have like video cameras. Like a guy pulls out like a video camera at one point and you're like, oh man, like you can tell the That's movie's age. Fourteen years ago. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um wait, just a quick question. Yeah. Is the grandfather from Okja yeah. in it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I might have to check right? this out. Yeah. It's really just good. Based on the cast. It's really good, and and it's it's. See, that's what's great though is yeah. that his movies are also just, you know, they're either getting you to enjoy the cast and and to hear that the it's cast it's is really nice. exposing me to um um foreign acting in a in a new light. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Reality is though is that he gets the best performances out of these people. Yeah, like they they really do. Have the chemistry like, is really good together. The chemistry yeah. and also just like that nuance of like just naturalness. Dude. Right, but it's, is but is that his is that a credit to his writing? Oh no! I, I think it's a credit to the acting, but I think it's also it's no. A credit I'm, to... But I'm no. I'm saying I'm saying not just the act. Is it maybe they're they're able to act so naturally because he writes very natural, organic. Sure, dialogue. or maybe he writes it a little bit looser and says, "Go make it yours." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, when they started quarantining everyone in the movie, I just Ooh. started getting that feeling of life imitating art, imitating life, and started getting to me. And it's 2006. Yeah, so it's like past life right and so because everyone there's a there's a disease that spreads and they 
people are starting to to get it. And then, um, then there's this great scene where yeah. this guy's standing at the bus station. Do you oh know? yeah, and he's he's got a he's he's uh, he's coughing, and then he spits into the water. And there's he's on a busy street, and, and then this right like across, and this woman just like stands next. stands like moves away from him. It, it's just it was so relevant to like yeah. w- what you see like even now. It yeah. doesn't matter what your race is. If you're coughing or sneezing, and, yeah. and, and or whatever, you have Get a little the bit heck of heck away from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I when the when the whole family was uh, running. Uh, to the like for the van it reminded me so much of parasite yeah like just seeing them all together i was like oh another great family um i thought that the uh the the fact that the the entire thing at the end it wasn't even real like it was a miscommunication the entire uh infection so they use this uh, yellow gas, this oh, agent yeah. yellow, and that ends up killing more people than I think even the monster does. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. It's like it sort of felt like the overall story was like misinformation. Yeah, misinformation. Right, the way the American government treated the virus as a monster, um, they were the monster. You yes. know what I mean? And and they the misinformation they gave was was really what caused the most deaths in this movie. Mm. Um, and I, I, yeah, it was not bad. Honestly, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I honestly think it's a four out of five. Um, I'm a little bit, I think, pushing on that, but I liked it. I'm, I like. I'm I think sh- the family brought that score up because I think it was at a three point five. And I yeah, I love. I love the family side to the whole story, um, and I think that the. I think that's one of his strengths. Yeah. is the characters. Yes, right? absolutely. He lets them Writing, be the story. Yes, exactly, Kevin. That's the, to the point exactly. Um, it's the only reason I actually want to watch this movie now. Right, is seeing the cast and and knowing you mm-hmm. know. Cool, um, but I will say. This is the second highest rated movie oh, yeah. of his. It was huge. On, I remember watching it. This is a, a, this is an eighty five on Metacritic. Yeah. Oh, okay, his second best reviewed movie. Yeah. His next film was in two thousand and nine called Mother. A mother desperately searches for the killer who framed her son for a girl's horrific murder. Now, did you guys watch this one? I, I didn't get a chance to. Did you watch it? No, I did. Yeah. Ooh. Tell there's no comedy in this one, right? There's some odd placements of comedy, but probably. Very minute, uh, sort of minute. Jeez. Yeah, it's, there's a there's I a th- can find humor. In it's anything. it's interesting though. The thread line that you just read sounds like a thread line from Memories of Murder. So this is what I was going to say. It's very interesting. It it, it it seems like that that movie, yeah, Memories of Murder, influenced this film to be absolutely. Made. Um, it's funny how she's kind of like the vigilante of this film. Right. She's she's seen as the hero and, and going breaking the rules to get, you know, to get the clues that she needs to find so that she can prove that her uh, her son is uh, innocent. Um, you guys definitely should check this out. I won't spend too much time on this because I think that uh, uh, you you should watch it. I, I really enjoyed it. There's there's a lot of social commentary, again, about class, which I think is an ongoing topic mm-hmm. for Bong. Um, the film is very Hitchcock style. The film sees the mother's love sort of become twisted and just kind of like almost like like psycho that sort of missing maternal sort of sort of like you don't know whether he she wants to like hold him or do other things to him again i will uh, say watch it and then you can can i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it based on the english translation of the tagline for this film which is don't hate my son i won't stand it (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) Um, What's the Metacritic on that one, Kevin? Uh, this is uh, another uh, really, really high score. We're at 79 here. I heard it's so. his weirdest film. It is. It's Which incredibly I, yeah. weird. Yeah, it's so it, so it, if it is weird and twisted, then maybe there are tones that I'm not but there's, picking up on. There's there's also like this this very real side to how 
the streets of South Korea are juxtaposed with these, you know, sort of open nature scapes, which is another theme that'll come up later. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just this idea of how that openness can seem very surreal to the confined spaces of, of, of South Korea. Like, yeah. There's this, there's this balance between how those, those, those environments play into these characters. Um, it's very interesting. I, I, I think this is probably my second favorite film oh, cool. from, from him. All right. Wow. Of what yeah. you've seen, yeah. Of what I've seen. Sick. Yeah. Okay, so 2013, Snowpiercer. Uh, hey, all... I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah, we've all seen this. So I remember f- that one. In a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life, except for the lucky few who boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class system emerges. So this is this that's just, so funny this is basically just a movie on a train you know what i mean like yeah that's that synopsis you know right that's almost like that unnecessary just say an action movie on a train basically, <laughs> yeah you know? absolutely <laughs> it's it's based on a, a french graphic novel and this is actually this is his first english film debut so oh, this wow. one was uh in conjunction with uh, harvey weinstein with oh. the weinstein company um there's a lot more action in this one yeah, way more. You know? Far more, a lot more set pieces. Yeah, uh, a appeasing lot more, to a Western audience. Yeah, appeasing, very stylized. Not um, as much humor, in my opinion, as the next two. Uh, absolutely. Mm, yeah. I'd agree. Yeah, I, I I think this went very dark uh, and sci-fi. But, you know, obviously, as we all know how it ends, it ends with that, you know, possibility of something new coming out of that darkness, right? So, um, but guys, like, you know, n- being that this is probably... Like I know for Kevin, this it was probably the first film you saw yes. from Bong Joon Ho, yep. and now seeing some other stuff. Do you kind of see some some correlations between thematic elements, or, or? Um, I mean, I suppose with class structure and everything. Obviously, the train is a big giant. Uh, oh, it's so metaphorical. Uh, yeah. Uh, for um, class structure, certainly. Right. This is the weakest of the three that I've seen by mm. a mile, in my opinion. Right. It's an excellent action movie. Yeah. But it's an action movie, and I, I think it did just do what it needed to do for Bong, though. It, it broke it. It got his it name got out him there. into the yeah. into the western because yeah. you had people like Chris Evans in it. You had Jesus uh, John Hurt. John Hurt. He worked with Tilda. Yep. Yeah, Tilda and him are are very close, and like this was their first project they were able to work on together. I thought she was really good in this. Actually, she's yeah. excellent. Chris Evans, obviously, you know. Coming off the tales of Avengers when this movie was made, um, it would have been right. Like, yeah, he'd, he'd already well, been cap. Yeah, so he already been cap. He had finished Avengers. He went and shot, I think, this film, and then that the night of the premiere when they went and they did the shawarma scene. Uh, there's that part where he's like sitting in the shawarma restaurant. And he's covering up his face. Cause it's because he has a beard, beard right? Okay. So because I think they were still uh, still filming. Um, so that, I, th- I thought that's pretty cool. That's so there's, story, there's the overlap. Yeah. There's the overlap. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, uh, I remember when we did our test episodes. I think we actually we tried out reviewing this movie um honestly it it's i think it's really cool it it with the action scenes and move how they move up the train and and go from you can see it they're they're like going further and further up these classes you know uh, of of people of social um and you know it reminded me um the action reminded me a lot of like the raid it was cool from a visual standpoint like the i think i i I mentioned this um, like the costuming, how how it started off where, you know, you see everyone in these brown and gray clothes um, in the back of the train. And then the, you know, Tilda Swinton's character comes in, um, Mason, and she comes in and she's wearing this bright yellow coat, right? And she's got the blonde hair and she's 
like it hurts your eyes to look at her because of how physically bright she is um and just playing with that idea of like you know the contrast of the people in the back of the train um are you know all poor and and don't have these bright clothes and as they move further and further through their clothes are getting more and more sickly it reminded me a lot of like the hunger games sort of style absolutely i i think that that's a good comparison it's like yeah. hunger games on a train <laughs> hunger uh, games on a train tra- get these hunger <laughs> games <laughs> off this monday to friday train. um um i i do think though this film to kevin's point it's not it's not his best in what he did but i think, I think it, it looks look, great it looks but, great and mm-hmm. i think it was it was choreographed great it was it was it was put together very well um, great acting yep great i think that towards but, yeah. the end though it just kind of like it lost itself yeah right like there yeah. was like especially i think um like the translation devices yes how they didn't matter anymore like they were a bigger deal in the beginning of the film i think it started to get to the point where too many ideas were brought in mm. and it got well, a little bit messy yeah, and how much can you do mm-hmm. you know that's kind of like that like bottlenecking works on an episode of a tv show yeah yes it's tough to pull off for two hours mm-hmm. in a movie, right? It does make me think, though, that he could do a superhero movie like in a in a Marvel movie. Yeah, wow. but I would like I would like to see him. That would be cool. Be like more a, playful with it than sure. he was for this. Do you think yeah. he's too serious? But I I think that I think tonally, with especially like with someone like with Weinstein Company behind it, they would yeah. want to really push that because I think that's the sell for East Asian films is like there's action, there's there's that sort of that thing, but now you have great but like acting. The, but the dialogue's kind of stilted in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like it just it felt very it, it's s- fine. S- hand hurt. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. But at eighty four on. Uh, Oh, so it's high Metacritic. It's his third highest rated movie. But I'd agree. I'd agree with you, Kevin. It's my least favorite of what I've yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, especially after seeing now more. Yep. This is definitely not to say that it's not good. No, it's no. good. Yeah, it actually. But, if we, but we're it actually going through. Did, and we're we're it, looking at it. It did drop down. Yeah. yeah. My appreciation for it did lower after, yeah. after watching seen other movies. The, yeah, yeah. The next absolutely. two for sure. Awesome. All right, we're moving on to uh, our next film. Uh, okay, so this is uh, Okja from 2017. A young girl risks everything to prevent a powerful multinational company from kidnapping her best friend, a fascinating beast named Okja. Which is a super pig. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Or she. She's amazing. Yeah. I thought it was oh, really cool. Kevin, did this, this get you? Oh, this movie's dope. This is my favorite of his. Really? Oh, this movie's awesome. Did you cry? No, I don't cry at movies. Oh, I cry. Unless it's Jojo Rabbit and there's shoelaces involved. Oh, gosh. Yeah, unless, uh, it, unless it gets you. Uh, <laughs> um, for this one and the next movie we'll talk about, I won't spoil what it is. Uh, um, no, but uh, I wonder what it is. I had, I had never seen a trailer. I didn't even read a synopsis. Really? Uh, and and I knew even less about this one than I do the next one. So I had no idea what to go into. I just saw a picture. I, I I think I'd seen a visual. I was, you know, yeah. I thought, oh, is this another creature feature that he's done? But it right. was, no, just watch it. Okay, fine. I'll give it a chance. Yeah. Took me two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. This is, let's roll with this one. Yeah. Uh, it was lovely. It was fun. It was exciting. It was tense. It was harrowing. It's sad. It was very sad. Yeah. It was very sad at the end. Yeah. Um, even the happy ending, if you will, was still was really sad. Which is just again, it's obviously we keep mentioning this, but that's it's that's like his, his thing. Thing, yeah, yeah, it is his thing, and I, and I think you know Kevin also just described you know another part of you know director Bong's thing is just mixing all of this. Yeah. Like you never know what to feel. Like it's not it's not so paced that you're like okay, this is just you know this kind of a movie. It's like you feel happy you feel sad you feel you know tension you you're, you're excited you know it's it's just and then when you're sad all together. of a sudden you feel happy again right. for a minute and it's like how did you do that yeah. Yeah. i was so upset a minute right. ago yeah like, yeah this was it's I, really I, good yeah 
It, pff, you know how good it is? It made me like Paul Dano. Right? Okay. <laughs> I hate Paul Dano. So getting into spoilers uh, for this one, dude, I... I love Paul Dano. I think he's fantastic. I think, I think he's terrific. I just hate watching him act. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but when him when he shows up Batman and then freaking Steven Yun is there as well yeah. from like Shout Out to the Walking Dead. Like, dude, that when that moment happened, I cuz I I saw him in the mask and I was like, is that is that Paul Dano? It is Paul Dano. Yeah, I had no idea who that guy it was. It was so right? he looked, cool. He looked tough for the for the first time. In I his thought life. It was Paul Dano was in reveal. when you saw him in Okja. But like in the truck when he's wearing the mask. Yes, yeah. you so see you him knew before. It was him? I could. I sort of had a feeling that it might have been him. I could not tell that it was him. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, he looked too cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he, he looked... took his mask, I'm like, what? Yeah. I was like, oh, um, yeah. Tilda Swinton with braces at the beginning of the movie was really weird. Well, yeah, and I think they kind of show that time and passing. I think, and it also I think was to give her straight teeth, so when her other sister came in, she could have the crooked teeth, yeah. and you could you knew who it was. Oh, oh that's kind of. Cool. Cool. I think Good. that's how yes. they set that up, and it kind of shows that character as like a crooked character at the beginning that turns into or no it, it's the opposite she starts off pretty wholesome and then becomes crooked that, that as her perfect. teeth get straighter yeah, yeah it did get huh. me thinking though but you're right it also was great in showing passage of time yes yeah i think yeah. it's a few elements yep. there. yeah uh I, I i thought it was really interesting though how she played some another character in a whole different time period that was very similar to a character that she played in Snowpiercer, yeah, uh, and I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that was something that because uh, like I would we put that talking... on Bong more than her. Sure, I think because they're good. he's writing yeah, yeah. The, the same kind of villain in, right. in two oh, straight no, movies for sure. Right? But that's what I mean. I think that that's what's really interesting is that I think in some ways, without him directly doing it, he's mm-hmm. indirectly pulling from his own universe, if you will, to kind of build other characters that are are are, are you know have archetypes and and, and certain sort of. Uh, features if you will or, yeah. or personalities that can then be carried through other films jake gyllenhaal's in this movie you guys he was obnoxious you didn't I, like him man. I, I can't tell if i thought it was a fantastic performance, performance or, or a terrible over the top yeah. so it was here's too the, over the top but, I, but I, I can i ask it works for the character right this absolutely first, shallow pathetic scumbag yeah just self like just yeah i thought well, he's I, he's in love with the idea he's in love with himself but he's past his years you know what i mean like he was popular he had a right to be full of himself and now he doesn't anymore mm-hmm. and he's kind of like the crocodile hunter sort of character in this world but like he used to be loved and now he's he's not as loved anymore um i did think he, again i agree he was way over the top at the beginning same with tilda swinton's character and then as they started to carry throughout the movie they yeah. started to make more sense i think his best scene was obviously in the quote-unquote slaughterhouse the torture room yeah, the torture room or whatever. take those quotes away what? yeah it's a slaughterhouse yeah. basically yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. jeez and and like it, it does draw into question certain sort of animal rights things and and again yeah. I, I think this is he has this innate ability to pull pull from from real life sort of stories he's always situation he's always seemingly applying social commentary to his work yeah he's always I, trying to talk about something yeah and I, this one he might talk about a few too many things if there was anything sure that's there's what, no like, there's yeah. no focus on any real mm-hmm. thing that kept it interesting so i didn't mind that yeah but. that's a good point I, I i actually appreciate that i thought uh co 
Seo Hyun, sorry about the pronunciation, Seo Hyun An, who plays Mija. Yeah, I wasn't even going to try it. I was just going to say Mija. Right? Oh, she she was, was awesome. Yeah, she was very, very charming. Her action and scenes, too. Tough and when cool. she threw herself through that glass. Right? I was awesome. It was dope. She like totally. Oh, like, the truck scene. Dude. Yeah. Oh, she's the truck like, scene was awesome. She's like a wicked version. Like if they ever make a Korean live action door, the Explorer directed by Bong Joon-ho, 100%. But I would 100% see her in like an action adventure. For yeah, her, for sure. yeah. She was great. She was wicked. Yeah. That only wants what she. Right. What she, she sees that fish. Then she tosses it back in the water yeah. in that one scene. Right. The, the only thing that really fell flat for me, though, I got to say, is is Okja farting all the time. Did that not? Did that humor work for you guys? Where no, it was again, like pooping I, all the time. I only remember once. Twice. It did it twice. He did it. He did it actually in the water when he was at. They were. They were hanging out. She and did. Then in the, yeah. Well, oh, Octa's a girl. Did, yeah. yeah. She did. She did it in the and, and when they were frolicking in the. Now in the okay. Woods. So I missed that. I don't know why. I guess I did. It was just I didn't find it important. So it just slipped my mind as I was getting yeah. really engrossed. Did she d- pat him at all? To or pat her at all to start to it to cause it yeah perfect so you have to have that scene so it in order to make truck. sense for the yeah. truck scene yeah, exactly okay yeah. Yeah. that's fine I just didn't think it was that funny and, uh, oh no I don't know if it was meant I, to I be mean, funny no but that yeah. it was that was purely set up and then off the truck I thought it was hilarious yeah yeah because the actor playing with it uh, did really well he's to been sort of funny just give up. running after the whole time and then and you it, know he played a poop joke well I thought and poop okay. jokes nowadays are good family humor so that that last ten minutes of of literally the moment that guy. Uh, they're in line, and the guy puts the gun that you know that gun that normally shoots cattle or whatever up to the head of Okcha. I, I was literally on my like I stood up. I'm standing in my house alone, standing up and like no, like screaming no at yeah. the television. It was like no way it's gonna happen. Okay, it's not gonna happen. Oh God, it's it, gonna it's happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was tense. I love I love <sighs> how though like the the symbolism of her trading. Up a gold pig for a live pig, and the gold pig, you know, symbolizing obviously again a class. But I thought element. she threw it away when she has the spat with her father, grandfather, whatever he is. I think she picked it up. I think he gives it back to her uh, oh, later on throughout right. the movie because he, he meets up with her right. in the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. And he okay. says like, "You right, shouldn't right, throw right. this or something." It's value. Right. Um, yeah, I completely forgot that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is how you make a statement about this messaging, not at the Oscars. <laughs> Joaquin, you yeah, know, yeah. this is how you make this oh, statement. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what was the meta score, Kev? Uh, surprisingly low. This was a uh, 79. Interesting. 79. Mm. I think, I wonder honestly, why. I, wonder why I think it's be... underrated very much so. I, I do too. I think it's his best movie. Do you think it's because opinion. it was well, released on Netflix? No. Do you think that, that has anything I mean, to do with it? That's amazingly fascinating. The whole fact that this probably never would have been made for 50 million dollars right if it weren't through netflix yeah yeah this is this is netflix first i mean i because this came out before the one that got nominated um last year the spanish film roma yes so this was netflix's first mm-hmm. great movie it's it's a pretty important piece of, of film in i that think regard. the thing that hurt it though might have been that it didn't get the same sort of like promotional sort of tour where like roma was you know, in theaters and I don't think I don't Irishman think was I don't theaters. think Netflix. Well, I mean, it was in it made two million dollars worldwide. OK, so it might have been. But only in been, South Korea, I believe. Yeah. So I think because of. He's but even they created. pulled it. And mm. so in it. So it he got nominated uh, at cons. Yeah. Um, but uh, Netflix has since been banned. Yes. Because of this movie. Yeah. Because of the outrage from people saying 
if it's not going to be in a French cinema, it can't be at this film festival. Wow. Like it's a, you should read huh. the backstory of the movie and everything, and the, and the chances Netflix t- took to make it. Wow, um, there should be a whole documentary on Netflix about that. You know, that that'd was, be cool. The making of. Can I just quickly mention three really cool casting things? So, uh, a Giancarlo Esposito yeah. is in the movie. I, I thought he was a bit underwhelming. Yeah, because he was I, very, he was very like he was overly c- flamboyant. I think his presence alone is great. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a Breaking Bad fan, but for somebody... I don't know. I like the Breaking Bad side, though. Like the Gus. You know, Gus like I liked him rather than this character he well, played. I, I, I was waiting for his character to do something. I thought he was going to overtake He was super straight-lined, mm-hmm. and so I was either waiting for him to be super evil yeah. or, oh, actually, I'm the good guy. Yeah. You know, and like maybe him and... Tilda Swinton's character who gets brushed aside by her even more evil sister maybe they were going to uprise and help her but but he just sort of was there and did nothing in a movie that's I found it a bit flat in a movie that's filled with extra like all the western American characters being pretty extra you know in in their what they're doing he was yeah you're right he was a little bit kind of boring and so I get as a Breaking Bad fan I know how integral Gus the character is I'm sure he's one of the greatest villains in television history but I mean I only know that because I like TV and stuff, but I never mm-hmm. saw that performance. So it wasn't just enough to be like, oh, cool, it's him, you yeah. know? So, um, Babu Frick was in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's the, uh, she's the she's one that's the uh, walking around the with assistant. The, yeah, the assistant. Yeah. yeah. What a weird choice. Like, I guess if you're going to have all these extra characters, how do you get the most extra voice, I guess, in this, right? But yeah, the moment she started talking, I was like, oh, Moaning Myrtle. Hello. And do you know who did Okja's voice? This is the coolest part. I'll let you, I'll let no, you read no, that No, no, no. You were doing this. Oh, I, I didn't did realize the, that I was did the homework. Be yeah. No, yeah. So um, Jung Yoon Lee, you just wanted me to have to say the name, um, <laughs> was uh, the mother in Parasite. Yeah. And she's the voice, she's of, the voice of Okja. Okja yeah. And she's also, she does a cameo in the subway station. Yep. Yes. She's the one that screams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So oh, she in the wheelchair. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. In that point four seconds, like she was already like a fantastic character. You know what I mean? Like well, she, she's the bad guy in this movie. She almost got Okja caught. I mean, technically. By not getting yeah. out of the way. Yeah, that's true. Get out of the way in your wheelchair. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, great film. But uh, that leads us into our last film that we take a look at here from uh, Director Bong. And that is, of course, Parasite from 2019. Hold on really quickly. If you honestly, if you haven't seen Parasite. Please. And and you haven't seen a trailer for it and you don't even, you haven't even read a synopsis, please leave right now. We will not begrudge you. The less you know about this, the the wilder of a ride it is. Yeah, and I honestly knew nothing about same, this. Same. And it was like, where is this going? Every five minutes. So yeah. honestly, get out of here. Continue, Justin. Yeah, I I, I I agree with that because uh, recently he, he was on uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, while the whole media circuit was going on with his film. And, uh, you know, he was Jimmy was asking him questions about the movie and, you know, he spoke in Korean and then the translator said, you know, I, I don't want to really talk too much about the film because I want people to go in as, as cold as possible, um, not knowing uh, as much will, will really help with experiencing the story. I think to your point this is the intent of that film is to know very little not to know what's really going on and not to know I actually um, want to go watch a trailer and like I just want to see what they do give away you know if it's a typical North American show you everything in linear order trailer or if it if it is weird and cut up enough that you yep. still don't really know. Yep. But if you have seen it, uh, this is a story about a poor family, the Kims, that who uh, con their way into becoming the servants of a rich family, the Parks. 
but their easy life gets complicated when their deception is threatened with exposure. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. That line alone, man. Yeah. What a fun movie just derailed. So, hey, yeah, like, no, oh. so like, I, I, you know, we, it's like we, a few we, different genres in one. Oh, uh, of course, right? Yeah. I, I, it's so great to see that the story that has so much of this this blend of genres is is because it doesn't really fit anywhere, right? Yeah. Like, there's no genre that this could actually fit. No. In, right. Um, but Kevin, you now seeing it, you know, right off the bat, like, what was that? What What was it like in terms of just experiencing those those narrative flows, if you will? It was crazy. It was crazy. Again, I knew I didn't. I I knew that there was a poor family and a rich family. That's all I knew. I so I didn't know the level of inception that was and deception that was going to happen. Um, uh, and I was having so much fun, you know. And even you know, I I, I knew it couldn't stay that way, and something right. was going to go wrong. I didn't realize how wrong it was going to go for this family, in terms, you know, um, uh, it, you know, and the doorbell rings, and it just gets scary as hell like it was a bit freaky that, man. when that doorbell rings and you know they're having their family moment and you already see some of the tension that kind of happens there and then you, they start laughing and they having they're having fun it's like a, a literal like just a, a change like it's just a snap yep. in yeah. the movie and then everything just changes because even the music like all of the audio just seems so quiet all your the lighting rain. seems to change too like yeah, the way that there's, it's... there's like the pulsating and yeah it's just you know everyone's still and like you know what do we do it's not part of the plan you yeah know, is what the sun says well and the plan i think even just before that though before that doorbell rings like seeing the the you know oceans 11-esque heist moments of them like just integrating into this family was just so cool the way they played those scenes off when they're standing outside yeah and he's about to bring his sister in yeah and she says whoa whoa, whoa. and then she sings the song oh, but to so remind good. her about you know like all the lies and then yeah. she's like okay and then she she's the one that rings the doorbell like it was such a little moment but yeah. just to see that it you got such a like an idea about what their relationship was like yeah know, how how they figured out that they were going to con these people and it's endearing right like it makes that character go from like like you're kind of like I don't know. It's just cute. <laughs> yeah. And then when it suddenly like gets to that point where, you know, they're trying to, to switch the maids or the housekeeper, they're basically going over their script in their apartment. And you see that in, you know, in conjunction with the actual moment when he's talking with, with uh, Mrs. Park and saying, Oh, you know, I saw, I saw her at the hospital and she was saying that she had tuberculosis. Like just to see. And then like he's saying, he, the son's like, ah, oh, you're up here. You have to bring come him down, down here. here. Yeah, yeah. And it has to be controlled. Right. He's giving focused. him like acting direction yeah, and everything. That. Cause that's all part of the con. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, and that's, that's, that's where that oceans moment really stood out yep. to me was like in that one split second, because there's parts of it that obviously is their con artist. It, it, it harkens to an ocean style. But in that one moment, I thought it was very oceans. Um, what about you guys? What did you think? Like, what was like some of the elements of con that kind of, uh, you know, that you, you enjoyed out of this? I, I think you're missing, you know, if you want to really go for an oceans vibe, you know, um, it was super oceansy where they're going over the next phase of their plan and he squirts the hot sauce onto the pizza. And then five minutes later after, They've, you know, they've timed it out. So we're yes. coming home now. Do the 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 peach fuzz, and then boom, he runs over and 
in slow mo puts the hot sauce on the napkin and pulls it out <laughs> like that like was his, his, it was all super his face ocean too yeah. as he like held it like, up like oh, oh no. my god like it just sold it it sold yeah. it for Mrs. Parks I mean like, it was oh. stupid that he put the hot sauce pack in the same garbage yeah. but yeah. minor detail because yeah. yeah but again it's not, it's not like song. they're gonna go look in their own garbage no, uh, cans right. she, to be and, fair and right you can tell that they were very like I love how later on in the mother as they're panicking scoops all that crap into the drawer yeah and I'm like what are you gonna do about that They'll never look in their own drawers. No. You know, yeah, get exactly. something out of there, right? Yeah. So you're wow. safe in that yeah. regard. Yeah, I think it, it was cool too that huh. the, like you said, the the setup of, of seeing the hot uh, the hot sauce on the pizza and then to see it come back, um, that's very oceans. It's a very good call out. I like that. Um, I didn't I didn't think about uh, about it like that as I was watching it, but mm. if you're gonna bring up oceans, no, for that sure. Was that's super that, good. and I. I, I you know, again, Oceans isn't like I a... just And I just love how, like, you know, right away, they're walking through the house. She's now the housekeeper. The mom's the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. The dad's... Get, grabs her ass you yeah know? yeah like, come on guys yeah yeah <laughs> subtle, they're just so subtle. they're so open <laughs> yeah. now about it right well because like, they know they can get away with it yeah, right yeah. they, they understand perfect they target yeah. i yeah. thought the biggest con you know would be um in this movie is well getting to the scary part right when we see after that doorbell rings and then it all starts to unfold oh. and you get down to that basement that and, was so but, scary going so, down those stairs. Let me ask you this. Right? Like, when you found that out, you know, like, did, did at any point, did you feel sorry for the Kims prior to seeing that? The, did you feel like sorry? Like our main Yeah, the main family. Did you feel sorry for of them course in, their, in their situation of prior I, yes. to seeing that? Yeah. And then when you saw those people in the basement, you saw that woman with her and her husband in there. How did you guys feel? Did you? At that point, I didn't feel any. Well, I mean, I, I guess she cost, they cost her her job. Mm-hmm. But that guy, they've been living in that situation with him in the basement because of his 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 debt his his misdoings not theirs I didn't feel bad for him at all I felt bad for her sure she was trapped in a pretty she was trapped in that situation she loved that man but that man he clearly loved her yeah you know and you see it for the two minutes they sort of give you where he's free again and they're on the couch and they're having that really fun interaction yeah oh yeah it was a cute little moment you know in again this harrowing situation like i love how they used an iphone as a gun basically yeah like that's crazy you know yeah. just holding your button over a set your your thumb over a send button is yeah. basically your finger on a trigger right was such a cool yeah. it was very metaphorical yes absolutely and i, I liked how that that you know, continues you know why i'm yeah. saying this right do you know why he's saying it no because that was kevin's yes. line at the beginning right. of the movie he just kept saying this is so metaphorical. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that that plays a huge part in how everything has. When they're no. looking at the art, no, 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 no he no. just he, I, I can't re- I can't remember no, what he says it towards, but no. he says it like two or three times. He says in it the numerous beginning. times. Yeah. He says it when he gets the when he gets the landscape piece from his friend, yeah. and they're sitting, and it's very metaphorical, yeah. right? Uh, he says it when the when the lightning crashes, and and his sister says something. Mm. Um, he feels like everything around him is giving him a sign. Right. And, and, and it was a, a great, really great sign. It led him into this whole plan of being able to go and, 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 you know, get into this rich family to be, you know, this tutor and then subsequently get his whole family into it. So everything was falling, you know, into place because of all of the different metaphors floating around him. I love though, at a point when, you know, they get to the, the flooding of their house and everything is just destroyed um, and they have to go sleep in what looks like a community center with other people. You know, his father says to him, you know, the best plan is not to have a plan, right? Like, it's mm. not about all the things. Oh, that was pretty defeatist. But the the thing is, though, is that... Because it, 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 basically the idea behind that is don't have a plan because then nothing can go wrong. So even when everything goes wrong, it still hasn't gone wrong. That's a pretty... 
I mean, he's he seems like a pretty loosey goosey, easygoing guy. That's I think that's a bit too loosey goosey, easygoing for the crisis that they were truly in. For who the father? Yeah. And you think that it was coming out of a sense of defeat because they, of course, I yeah. absolutely do. Well, I think that that's relevant because of where. We and then see I think him he go, wishes he, I, and then that. I think he wishes he had had a plan. The next day. Oh, that's a very know. interesting take. Yeah, because I, I think that you know they that, should have talked about something instead of just going in and doing whatever you know, sure. pretending that there wasn't a serious crisis going on. Right, right, right. That's interesting. Just speaking of, time. just because you said when they were they were in the basement and everything was flooding. I thought it was really interesting that they focused out the window into the alleyway as poop is literally exploding out of your toilet. Yeah. You know, was that almost to say, I bet you wish it was just some dude peeing outside your window now oh, yeah. right. instead of, you know, yeah. this, right? Yeah. I yeah, just, yeah. I, I found that little moment yeah. interesting. Yeah, the, the, I mean, even just the concept of like all the setup with the Wi-Fi, right? Like the Wi-Fi is not working and then you'd imagine just how, just how amazing it would be to then live in this house, right? With all of those, you know, with, with everyone I think, else on I, I think though that the Wi-Fi serves more of a purpose to show how poor or how, how, um, yeah, how poor the Kims are. They're underground. Terms, yeah, well, they're underground, but they're also, they don't have Wi-Fi, right? Like, yeah. they're, they're, the Wi-Fi is something that is is very, it's it's everywhere now, right? Like, it's, right. Such, a, it's such a commodity. Well, of, I mean, their phones so. got shut down. Yeah. You yeah. know, never yeah. mind Wi-Fi, right? right? Like, Yeah, exactly. But so. to us, it's like, it just doesn't, like, to us, we don't feel like it's a, a big deal to have Wi-Fi. No, like, Wi-Fi sure. is everywhere. It should yeah, be exactly. everywhere, yeah. right? But but for these people, like, it's such a huge deal. So right, because you, of where they are. Right, yeah. but you can you can see I mean, just they're, how they're much eating, it impacts they're them. They're eating bags of chips and drinking Beer. canned beverages, right? Yeah. Like, they're quite... But it's 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 interesting, though. Like, I, I mentioned this in... They leave the window open when the fumigator comes by because it's, at least this way it's free, right? Exactly, like, right? And, that, and to me, that, like, that even just sealed it right in that sequence, right? Because you go from the Wi-Fi into them, you know, making boxes so that they can make money and then the fumigation. It just, like, that whole sequence of events was like, these people... Are in a tough place. Oh, they're 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 poorest of the poor. But they're not nearly as bad as the people that are already living inside of the. Parks. No, they don't have well because they're uh, underground. An insurmountable yeah. debt. Yes, you know, yeah, Absolutely. they're only halfway underground, exactly. right? I think the guy says that. What like the, the 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 gentleman from the bunker? Yeah, he says something like that. You know, the fact that the the Kims have little sight line, they can still look outside. You know, they're on ground level, so they're not fully in ground until they obviously meet. The family that has infested itself inside of the parks, right? But then I think they even continue that that uh, metaphor on as they're you know as they're running from um, the the park's house mm-hmm. uh, during the rain and they're going down all those stairs exactly. down and down and down exactly. and you can sort of see Kevin sort of go wow we are even lower than them, them you yeah. know because of who we've become and how, and how the the park's house is just so high up it sees everything yeah, it's on the yeah. top right? right yeah yeah it just it it it, it the, looks like a house in la actually yeah, you yeah know? Very absolutely much, very, and like, yeah. did you know that the 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 whole top level of that house was cgi really yeah it's not it's not actually real like like oh, when wow. you see exteriors of the house it was all cgi oh, okay yeah so oh. uh i thought that was pretty interesting um yeah I, th- this the film itself has so many different layers of of things that director bong has kind of played throughout all of his films with uh you know commentary on 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 social structure and, and class yeah uh, commentary on weather yeah uh, and climate change yeah um you know, it, it, it cements this idea of of him really drawing from from 
the things in in the world to yeah. help tell his story and to help kind of connect it to today to a certain degree. I agree. I think this is his most multifaceted uh, story that he's told in terms of messaging, mm-hmm. um, where he's got maybe a one single you know, moral through line for each of his films. This one's got two or three. Um, so they're focused. Like you can, you can identify where they are. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, Uh, this is definitely obviously the the favorite. It's, it's his best one. Um, I don't know how he's going to top it. Honestly. I, I I certainly, that's a million dollar question right now. I certainly think it was excellent. Yeah. You liked Okja better. I, I enjoyed Okja 10 times more. Really? I, I'm, and, wow. and I'm glad I waited until after the Oscars because mm-hmm. I was rooting for him to win because it was such a fun story. The yeah. story of him winning throughout the night just yeah. got more and more enjoyable and it was such a, f- a fun Oscars. I don't think I would have been rooting for Parasite to mm-hmm. do as well had I seen it before. I think it's terrific. I don't think it's a 96 on uh, Metacritic. I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think it's that good. Yep. Uh, I I, th- I think it's too weird to be that good. Hmm. But don't you think? Like I made a comment last week. I mean, finger licking nipples and stuff. It's just weird. <laughs> but that's. But like again, that's that's just sequ- sexual representation in another culture, right? Like how how we would perceive sexual sexual relations in in our movies is a little bit different compared to like France or. Or you know East Asia, you know in Europe. Oh, and, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna no, harp on anybody's kinks. It was just a weird scene. I, it's just too weird to be the best picture. Mm-hmm. I think you can go and win, win uh, you know, film festival and thing awards for did, for yeah. movies like that. Yeah. The Oscars are for are for movies for everybody. Mm-hmm. The Green Book. Ford versus Ferrari this year. I think that's what the Oscars are for, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was See, yeah. too like I could not recommend this movie to my parents. They would be absolutely miserable. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I um, the one thing that is you know is interesting is because I mentioned it last week is like this felt like a very Tarantino style, but in its his own sort of way. How, well, how you, I think you said it best in our last episode. Like it's the best Tarantino film in a year. Where Tarantino actually released a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see it. I don't. That doesn't. That didn't give me Tarantino vibes. No, the writing wasn't there. Mm. It was a different kind of good writing. Right. Right. Tarantino doesn't write natural dialogue. Mm. You know what I mean. Whereas this was all natural people just talking to each other, like they might actually talk yeah. to each other. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, um, uh, the father, the patriarch of the Parks, talking with the father of the Kims, in um, you know, talking about in the sort car. Of, yeah, t- I think they were talking about uh, ideals of, of how to behave and stuff that are more Asian or South Korean than they would be uh, North American. So there were certain, you know, South Korean aspects to the dialogue, sure. but it was still how a family would talk with each other and yeah. joke around and have fun, yeah. you know. Um, but it's that I don't see it as a Tarantino movie. I was going to mention Tarantino in the sense that you know you're watching a Tarantino movie. You know you're watching a Scorsese movie, a Spielberg movie. You know you're watching even a Taika Waititi movie, if only because he's in it. But even just, if if he wasn't using the same actors, you might have no idea that the last three movies that you, we watched, you know, between Snowpiercer, um, Okja, and P- Parasite were done by the same guy. No, but I think we've we kind of brought it up earlier in the idea that every single one of his movies has an has a has an ending that might not really be happy there are, for everyone. There are elements of his films. Him, yeah. There are elements of his films that he 
displays in all of them. I think it's fundalism. But, but every Tarantino movie feels like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Every Spielberg movie feels like a Spielberg movie. Yeah. His movies have similar traits, yes. but do not feel like okay. the same kind I, of okay. movie. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Now I, like, I agree with like, that. Yes. He's made three completely yeah. different yeah. movies yes. in a row. I agree. That's really? I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I do <laughs> think, though, that this movie deserved uh, the recognition at the Oscars. I, I get what you were saying about it. You know, other movies that that are for everyone. I think this could be a movie for everyone, maybe because of the the a couple scenes that we've referenced that might not be for everyone. But I think the messaging there, and I think that it speaks volumes that. This is a South Korean film that talks about things that are still relevant in the Western culture and Western culture is still able to identify and understand and at least appreciate uh, some of these and, and hopefully, you know, open the eyes of, of an, uh, the audience to kind of see see beyond just just their own culture, but other cultures that might have similar sort of uh, opportunities and traits. I will 100% agree with you there. I think I'm far more open-minded about foreign film now than I was even a day ago before I watched that movie. So I will agree with you there. I just, based on who I know that loves this movie, this is not a movie for everybody. <laughs> we have a question from a friend, uh, a friend for the sh to the show, uh, Mike Hogan. Uh, he asks, um, do you see the success of Parasite leading to more mainstream interest in subtitled films? Do you think he said it more like, do you think that the success of Parasite? Do you think he said it like that? It yeah, depends if he, if how he many beers like, he's had. Yeah, because it would be more and more <laughs> aggressive and, in your face. And if he was Anthony Daniels as C three PO, sure, I could totally see it. Heavens. Um, I personally think that um, this this has opened absolutely opened a lot of doors. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's funny. I literally just films. said right for even for me, the person who would like you know. Yeah, I've maybe seen three subtitled movies in my life. Yeah. Because that means it wasn't made in North America. So yeah. why am I watching it? I, I can't possibly relate to it. And this guy has really shown me that there's a way to relate to. It's it's so funny, though, because like I, I feel like the film kind of deals with, with what has happened right now in the sense that there's an for me, at least there's there's an underlining tone of like an ignorance to, to in the film, you know, people being kind of like um under, not understanding each other's situations, I think this kind of is is reflective of what's happening right now. People weren't really comprehensive of like you know a subtitled film, a film from another culture can really kind of have a semblance with me who's not of that culture. Yeah. And now with the success of this movie, people are now opening their their minds and their eyes to say, well, you know, maybe there is like something within a, a <laughs> maybe, French film. Maybe there or, are or, movies outside of America. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but I, and in I also a sad think, way, that is kind of how I feel sure. today. Right. Versus how but I, I felt that's, yesterday. That's, that's amazing, and I think that that's that's kind of what I was getting cool. at is that the film for society has opened up, and and that ignorance is starting to drop, and people are yeah. like, you know what, I, I can watch a foreign film, and I, I think that's really refreshing. Well, this and I think even beyond just the audience appreciation. Um, and acceptance and everything. It made $50 million. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, pretty mainstream. It's opening up doors. Yeah. It's opening up a lot of doors. I think the, uh, you know, like I'm, this is going to sound super ignorant, but like I've heard really good things about Bollywood movies. You know what I mean? Like I've. I mean, I think I was a little ignorant towards this movie for about a month. Yeah. You know, you know person after person, watch it. It's really good. It's amazing. It's really how good could it be? How good could it be? You know, there's a bit of ignorance in, uh, you know, on my behalf and whatever, I'm not going to watch it. And then, I'll, you know, 
it only took a, a gold statue <laughs> for me to, to go and check <laughs> it out. Three gold but, statues. And so Four. I, I, think, Four. I think the Academy Award success and a $50 million North American box office. This Which movie, isn't that big, though. For I bet you for a foreign film for it's sure massive. it's massive yeah, it's, it's enormous yes. and what 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 do you think the budget on it was because oh, I, I bet I, you it was half of what Okja was fifty so well yeah I would probably say yeah that might be you know it made three it made two fifty worldwide right that's a lot of money for a yeah. foreign film yes you know but like fifty million in North American soil for a foreign language film is absolutely Ooh, enormous yeah, that right is true. that is true so um but i think get, this is gonna change cinema in a lot of ways i think the one thing though that i will say just in terms of opening up the doors in my experience the families the the actors chemistry i think is the one through line then in, in everything that we mentioned in all these movies that i i watched the actors chemistry between each other which is true for any movie from any country but the actors chemistry is what really I think made these films really special for me, even more than I would say like the writing and the, the direction, like just the way that they worked so well off each other, which of course comes from that direction. It's almost why I didn't like the shift. Yeah. It's almost like why I stopped really enjoying the movie after the doorbell. The doorbell. Because I was having so much fun with these people, not necessarily rooting for them, but they were, and you. then they, the fun stops Stop. there. And so while I, I I appreciate it from a storytelling aspect, I, I, I felt like I suffered from it as an audience member personally. Yeah. Like I was enjoying that that vibe that th- these characters were having. But so, going going forward, I think if it's a matter of do I want to watch this this film with subtitle that has is only available in subtitles in a different language, I think it's honestly just going to come down to what now for me. What any film will how's the acting, how's the writing, yes, how's yeah, the directing. You, yeah. you, you go based off of the quality know, of the film, yeah. which is awesome. I, I think mean, that's so cool that s- that's unlocked. Subtitles now. have never bugged me for whatever reason. <laughs> so I mean, I love the artist. Yeah. I think that's a great movie. Oh, it's, you yeah, know, um, I mean, there's not a lot of talking in it, obviously, no, sure, but yeah. it's still subtitles. Yep. Um, there was a there was a cool Jet Li movie we saw. It was a big action spectacle. Oh, uh, hero. Maybe it was Hero, yeah. Yeah, it was like that a crouching tiger. That wasn't great, himself, but yeah. I, you know, I remember enjoying that and having fun yeah. and not being bothered by the subtitles. It was never a subtitle but, thing. It was a, 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 an ability like that you touched on to connect with characters from across the world. Absolutely. And, and he showed me just how yeah. easy it is because we're all just people. We're all going through the same crap. Yeah. 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 So I think it's a pretty important movie in film not just today, but I think going forward it'll be remembered. So, Mike, we totally agree with you. Uh, Parasite will lead to more mainstream subtitles. At least films. I hope so. Yeah, I, I definitely hope so. I think uh, to, to the point of what Nate was mentioning, people are going to give it give it a shot. Yeah, uh, especially after this, it might be it might be guided more so by what other people are saying, like what critics and reviews are saying. Because I will what the say, Oscars is saying. Well, yeah, and that's I think that's accelerated. That doesn't it, but, go away. But I yeah. but I I I had heard about this film. Probably in in March of last year when it was at TIFF. Oh, Mike Mike himself saw it over the summer. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was at TIFF. I think it was at or Cannes. He, he's been he came to TIFF. Parasite. Yeah. I don't think so. No, because my buddies went to TIFF and watched it. Are you sure? It's possible they would they they play some older like some previous. Yeah, that's yeah, maybe sort of when they were making the, year, so it might have been making there. the yeah. festival circuit. Right? Yeah, it might have been there. Um, yeah. No, but Mike, been Mike's been one, Mike's been pumping this movie up since the summer. Like, would not yeah. he has not shut yeah. up about it, yeah. and then it won the Oscar. Yeah, I remember. Like, 
will you shut up about it now? I, I remember hearing about it in April and just being like, I, I just, it just kind of flew by me. And then I was just like, oh, it's, you know, winning a lot of awards in, in the festival circuit. So um, before we wrap up, I wanted to just give you guys a little bit of a quote here. Um, I think it's really great that at the Oscars, um, you know, uh, director Bong was, was nominated with, with other peers of his uh, Martin Scorsese and, and Quentin Tarantino. Um, and in his speech, you know, he mentioned, um, he mentioned a quote that goes, uh, the most personal is the most creative, um, which is this quote from Martin Scorsese. So to recognize that Martin Scorsese had in many ways influenced the work that he's done um, and to be nominated with him, was it, it, that, that's, that's like a dream moment for, I think, for any filmmaker to be nominated in a category and also to, I guess, win over that, that person that's inspired you. Um, but I think that's a testament to the work that director Bong has done, uh, every piece that he's done. And I think that we've talked, that we've watched and that we've been able to discuss uh, has a semblance of something that's very personal to him and that connects. And even if it is these social issues or environmental issues or uh, issues about politics, class, whatever it is, uh, they, they all find their way into his films and, and becoming a commentary that help him be the, I, I think, a, 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 an auteur of his, of his, of, of now uh, really kind of having a direct message and using that camera as that pen uh, to tell his stories in, in a very compelling and uh, very weird, as Kevin said, way, I think is uh, it's it's to be celebrated. Uh, huge thanks to Mike Hogan for writing that question in for us. Um, but I think that's it, guys. So we hope you enjoyed our uh, hits from the bong, a retrospective. Yeah, director bong. Look. Next time, just make a fun movie all the way through, okay? Don't... Don't break my heart like do, that. Do a Marvel movie, man, or do a Star Wars movie. That would be movie. cool. No. <laughs> no, don't do a Star Wars well, No, I could, I'd, I'd watch a, a Marvel movie of his. Dude, sure. I would totally watch a Marvel movie. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to get, like, you got to think too. Like, And it's starring uh, it's starring the girl from Okja, right? Oh, Dope. Yeah, that would be sick. That'd Dope. Be cool. I'd watch that. That'd be cool. Let's call Darce and see if there's a, a character that would uh, meet that criteria. Oh, he'll find one. He'll find one. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars is the minimum you can give. So please rate and review as it uh, it really helps us out. But as always, we are geek-centric and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt and follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. And if you would like to write into us... Like Mike did. Be like Mike. <laughs> be like Mike. Everyone be like Mike. Like little Bow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, he should come back. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> little Bow Wow, if you're listening, you want to write into the show. Yeah, Little Bow Wow, we would take a question from you for sure. <laughs> but if you want to reach us, uh, you can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at, at gmail.com. Gmail oh yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for today's Bong Hive episode. <laughs> and as we say, love ya. Uh, yeah, anytime you want to invite me over to hit from a bong, I'm in. Uh, get home safe, guys. Peace.